Thank you, Ruthann. We think about God's love, His redeeming love. That should move us to seek to be sensitive to the Lord in our day-by-day living. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for your word, grateful for your revealing yourself in creation, in Christ. As we reflect some in your word and just a bigger picture of your word this morning, we want to be a people who is seeking to be living in light of it. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. I have a number of balls here, and I'm offering a challenge to anyone who thinks they're willing to take me up on it. If you think you can take these balls and stack them on top of each other, I want them all stacked. You can have maybe four or five on the bottom. Stacked so that you can put at least 30 to 40 pounds on top of them and still have that wall of balls stand. No glue, no nothing. You can only use the balls that are here. Anyone want to take me up on that dare? I don't think you can do it unless you've got a mind beyond what I have. And you can't change the shape of the ball or anything else, you know. No glue whatsoever. If you're going to put something on that wall of balls, you need to be able to have a good wall. Let's suppose that uh, you're building a new home. You've agreed to pay the contractor. Well, maybe the bank agrees to pay the contractor, and you'll pay the bank. 200000 250000 depends on how much you want to spend on a house. And the <clears throat> block layer has been there, and you stop in every now and then to see what's happening, and the blocks are all done. They're starting to put the uh, floor down, and walls up and you walk into the basement and you say, hmm, something wrong here. On the end of the house, there's an area about three by three where there's no blocks. And just a little something there, you know, to kind of hold the block in place until, you know, the concrete get dry. And you look at the back of the house and you realize there's about 50 blocks missing, one here, one there, two or three in another place. You look at the front of the house, and I don't know what's going on here, but uh, there's one area about a foot by foot, there's just no block, and another area, there's two by three, there's no block, and you say, something wrong here, you know, what's going to happen? I'm sure you would have something very quickly to say to the contractor. Think about Christianity. as it relates to the overview of Scripture. What is foundational to Christianity? What is necessary to build as God designed? Obviously, balls will not work. Need a good foundation, a good wall. So as we think about the new year, just want to reflect on some things. And again, we're looking at the bigger picture of Scripture And a couple of statements as we begin. God's blessing is upon his work accomplished, and that should be in, not din, in 
his way. God's blessing is upon his work accomplished in his way or his will. God's work accomplished in his way has his blessing. God's work accomplished in his way has his blessing. I want to reflect on a few words here. The whole idea of blessing. In the Old Testament, as you begin in Genesis 1 and trace it throughout the Old Testament, the word blessing involves being endued with power for success and prosperity and obedience. It could also be defined as an enablement to live in obedience to God from desire. Not a have to, but a desire. It's the strength to desire living in God's will and enjoying what he has promised. It involves success and prosperity in a lifestyle of willful surrender to God's will. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, obviously, dealing with the creation of the heaven and the earth. And God decided to and chose to make man in his image, male and female, he created them. And look at verse 28. Genesis 1 and verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, that is to the male and female, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Beginning the verse, God blessed them. God endued them with power for obedience. God enabled them to be fruitful and multiply. He gave the resources necessary for that to be a reality, for them to fill the earth, to rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Go over to Genesis chapter 9. This is after the flood. Noah and his wife and sons and their wives have come out of the ark. Genesis 9 and verse 1. Then God blessed Noah and his sons saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall upon the beasts of the earth and upon the birds of the air, upon every creature that moves in the ground and upon all the fish of the sea. And all the fish of the sea, are, they are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. In Genesis 1, God blessed the male and female, and then he said, fill the earth. In Genesis 9, he blessed Noah, then he said, be fruitful and increase. As you look at Scripture, God blesses, he gives the power, the resources to live in obedience, and then he tells people what to do. In the New Testament, the word blessing is an invocation of good, benevolence, 
giving something that someone does not deserve. The resources to live in obedience to Christ's will. Enablement to live in Christ, that is, live in the commands from desire, not duty. We won't turn to James 3, but there he talks about the fact he contrasts blessing and cursing coming from the same mouth. What is blessing coming from the mouth? You're empowering others. Cursing is tearing down. But let's turn to Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll begin reading with verse 1. Ephesians 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, writing to saints extends grace and peace to them. In verse 3 he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He begins his epistle after what we call the introduction and talks about the fact that God is to be praised because he has blessed us, who's the us, the saints that he is writing to, and I think we could include saints today, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He begins the book with, you've been blessed. You've been given the resources to live in obedience to the Lord. You've been given the enablement. He hasn't yet said what they're to do. But he says, you've been blessed. In verse 4, for he chose us in him in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's one of the blessings. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his will or his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us and the one he loves. Another one of those spiritual unseen blessings is that uh, we've been adopted and you could read one on in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 and find blessing after blessing. Then you get to chapter 4. And what does he say? In verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He's already talked about this blessing, this enablement. Now he says, live worthy of that. You have the blessing. I've already given it to you. I've given you the enablement. I've given you the resources. I've been benevolent. I've given you what you need. Live accordingly. That ties in with Romans 12 and verse 1 where Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. I beseech you in view of God's mercies what God has done for you. And in chapter, particularly chapters 4 through 11, he mentions blessing after blessing that God has given. So God's blessing is upon his work accomplished in his way. 
God's work accomplished in his way has his blessing. He blesses, and then he says, here's how to respond. What is God's work or God's will? As communicated by the Lord, as communicated by Moses, as communicated by the prophets, as communicated by Christ, as communicated by the apostles, his will is relationships. You begin in Genesis 1, you go to Revelation 22, it's all about relationships. Relationships. What is God's blessing for? Relationships. Well, you say, it's got to include more than that. Relationships. Ephesians 4 and verse 1 says, A prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. What's he talking about? Relationships. In chapter 5 and verse 1, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Relationships. There shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality among you. Why? It affects relationships. He talks about the employer-employee relationship or the slave-master relationship. What is it? Relationships. God's work, God's will is relationships. Again, that is seen throughout Scripture. It involves God, Christ, and humans. Genesis 1, And God said, let us make man in our image. Let us, God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, there's a relationship there. For in eternity past, whatever that is, I can't fathom it. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were enjoying one another and relating to one another. And what does he do? He relates to Adam, to Eve, and people down through the pages of history. Relationships in marriage. Relationships with parents and children. Relationships with a shepherd, a leader, and followers. A relationship in the body of Christ, in Christ. New Testament talks over and over about being in Christ. Talking about saints, talking about believers the way they relate to one another, love one another, encourage one another, spur one another on. And that ties in again with the body of Christ. He talks about relationships as it relates to the civil government. We have a relationship to authority over us, but it's relationships. The employer, the employee, the neighbor. God's blessing, God's enablement, For us to live in relationships on the job with a neighbor in school for his glory. He's given us all that we need. So we have God's blessing. His will, his work involves relationships 24-7. And what is his way? Humility. Dependency, I can't.
So I get up tomorrow morning. I crawl out of bed. And I make my way down to the first floor. And I pull out my Bible. And I say, God, I'm going to read your word. And make some sense out of life for me. You know, it's how I begin my day. And take some time to pray. And then hopefully the treadmill, since it's too... Uh, too messy to run outside over winter. God reminds me pretty clearly, Dan, you can't. So God, you've called me to love my wife today. And I say, God, I can't. He says, I know you can't. That's why I gave you Christ. That's why I've already blessed you. God, I'm going to go shopping and, uh, you know, I... I don't do very well if I shop in and of my own self. And he says, I know you don't because you need me. You can't. God blesses us because we can't. We need him. Tied in with God's way is moving from desire to duty. Moving from desire to duty. If you're still in Ephesians, look at chapter 2 and verse 1. <clears throat> Ephesians 2 and verse 1. Writing to the saints in Ephesus, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. As for you, you were dead. You followed the ways of the world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work on those who are disobedient. Verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Ephesians, you can't. You can't even desire to live correctly. But in verse 4, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. I don't have to love my wife. I don't have to come to church. I don't have to read my Bible. As we understand we can't, we understand God's blessings, we're moving from a duty to a desire. We're moving from already, from already blessed not to be blessed. You can ask any person in this community or in Wilkes-Barre, that is religious. You find out they're religious and you say to them, do you go to church? And they say, yeah, I go to church. Why do you go to church? Well, I'm trying to get some brownie points with God. They don't word it that way. But, you know, I'm trying to gain some favor with God. Do you give money to church? Yeah, I give money. I'm, you know, give money to church. I give to charity. Why are you doing that? Because I'm trying to gain some favor with God. They may not word it that way, but that's the bottom line. Were you kind to your neighbor? Well, I try to be kind to my neighbor because, uh, 
you know, trying to get some brownie points with God. What are they doing? They're doing to be blessed. Scripture says you're blessed. Now respond to that. It's a big, big difference. God's way is to live from already being blessed, not to be blessed. I've heard it dozens of times. What's going to happen when you die? Well, I hope I go to heaven. Why do you think you should go to heaven? Well, I and they start listing what they did. They're trying to get God's blessing. Scripture is in Christ, and even in the Old Testament, the blessing came first, and then the call for obedience. God's way is moving from mere action, or I'm sorry, dealing with the heart, not mere actions or words. Dealing from the heart. So I say to Jeff, are you a good Christian? And he says, yeah. Why do you think you're a good Christian? Well, I try to do right. Let's back up on that. Our standing before God is dependent upon whom? Christ. And Christ alone. Living from having been blessed. See, Christianity and correct Christianity, I better put it that way, stands apart from all the world's religions because all the world's religions are doing to be blessed. Christianity says, God says, I have blessed you. Respond. That's God's way. Now, as you think about it, if we're doing anything to try to get God's blessing, we're building a wall with balls that just falls apart, doesn't stand. And the same is true in the ministry of a church in our lives and our marriages. So let's think about God's will and God's way. God's will, God's way, Christ's will, Christ's way. He desires for us to relate in the world. Believers in daily living. You know, as we go to our jobs, as we relate to our families, as we drive, as we shop. But underneath that is parents. Father's leading is children. Underneath that is a pastor, elders, deacons fulfilling their role. The importance of corporate worship, believers worshiping together. And the importance of one another, the body life.
than the importance of being in Christ. I can't. At the very bottom, God's glory, creator God, Christ. There is one little box missing. Underneath the parents and the children should be grandparents. Men, women, and marriage. We may do all kinds of things in life. A church may have all kinds of ministries. But if these items are not seeking to be kept in place and being worked at, we're trying to build ministry on a bunch of balls. Carefully read scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And you will find that God emphasizes the items mentioned, plus the grandparents, older saints, men, women, and marriage. That's the wall that God wants to build. Some practical thoughts in light of this. How is God's blessing displayed or evident? How is God's blessing in our life displayed or evident? Obedience from desire. So someone comes up to me and says, Hey, Pastor Dan, why do you love Ruth Ann? Well, if I don't love her, she might get angry at me. Pastor, that's, that's terrible reasoning. That's really not very good reasoning. You know that, don't you? Well, that, that's the way it is. Is there any other reasons you love her? Well, if I'm nice to her, she's nice to me. Well, that, that's not very good reasoning either, is it? Now, Pastor, why should you really love your wife? Because I desire to. I've been blessed. I've been given everything that I need. And I just desire to love her. But does she give you any reason to? For you to love her? Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I'm to love her because I desire to. That's obedience from desire. That's different than getting up tomorrow morning and some of you saying, oh, Christmas vacation is over. Do I have to go back to school? Yes, it's your duty to go back to school. That stands in contrast to getting up tomorrow morning. Boy, I desire to go to school. You say, Pastor, what happened to you? But yet, if we're living from desire and school is part of God's plan and it's part of your obedience to parents and part of your obedience to government, don't we live from desire? I might be a little far-fetched, you think, but take it over and think about it. Or think about it and go from there. It's fruit of the Spirit in relationships. 
How do we know God is blessed? The fruit of the Spirit is evident. How do we know God has empowered us? We do things that we can't do in and of ourselves. That wife who has been criticized and belittled and had all kinds of ugly and unkind things said to her or said to her by her ex-husband. And she says, I'm willing to forgive. And someone says, how can you be that way? I've been blessed. God has given me the resources to forgive. Just the whole issue of reproduction. You know, evidence of God's blessing. We reproduce ourselves. There's contentment. There's no demands. Just content. I don't have to be better. I'm content in Christ. I don't need more things. I'm content in Christ. I don't need a better job. I'm content in Christ. Not saying it's wrong to get a better job or have more stuff. But I don't have to have it. Just contentment. So someone walks up to Lorraine and says, Lorraine, what do you need? And she says, give me a couple of days to think about that, but I've been thinking about it and I haven't figured anything that I need. I'm just, I'm content where I am. So you go to a saint in Vietnam and you happen to be able to have contact with them. And you know that this saint has lost several loved ones because of their faith in Christ. You know that this saint has been demoted on the job and they lost their home because of Christ. And you say, uh, what do you need? And they say, I don't know, I'm content. I've been fully blessed. I'm doing well. I'm rejoicing in my trial. I'm anticipating my future with Christ. If it comes tomorrow, fine, I'm, I'm content. You say, Pastor, that's impossible. I know it's impossible in and of ourselves. But we're talking about the blessings that God has given to us. It's obedience from blessing, not to obtain blessing. So I go up to my dad years ago and I say, Hey, Dad, can I use a car tonight? He's hesitating. I say, hey, Dad, you remember, this past week, I did everything that I was supposed to do around the farm. Don't I get a little credit for that? No, Dan, because you brought that up, I want to remind you that anything that I give to you is not because of what you do. It's because you're my son, and I choose to give it to you. So there's a big difference. Living from blessing, not seeking to obtain a blessing. Just experiencing God's promises.
God's blessing has nothing to do with numbers, results, or ministries. God's blessing has much to do with the fulfillment of his promises. We enjoy his promises. God's blessing cannot be experienced by the religions of the world. They act to obtain blessing. The focus is on self-effort. But all depends upon Christ. I'm going to ask you a question. Do we have to ask God to bless us? Think about it. Do we have to ask God to bless us? Do we have to ask for God's blessing in light of what we've been discussing this morning? No. We have been fully blessed in Christ from the time we were born again. We remain in a state uh, or condition of fully blessed. It's permanent. We don't always live that way. <laughs> the Corinthians did, did not. The Galatians did. The Colossians were struggling, but yet they were fully blessed. So when I whine to Ruth Ann about physical pains, she says, Dan, knock it off. I'm not living as fully blessed, even though I'm fully blessed. She says, Dan, you're fully blessed. You can rejoice in this physical pain. Do I have to? No, you don't have to. But reflect in Christ and maybe he'll move you to want to. So we think about Ministry. We think about living our lives. We've been blessed. But if we're constantly trying to come up with something new to reach people, something new to have a better marriage, something new so our kids would respond differently, maybe we need to go back to what we have in Christ and the fact that we're blessed. Why do we devote so much time to planning ministry, outreach activities, and then ask God to bless? Is it possible, or is it because we have forsaken God's work and God's way? Thus, we're not experiencing His blessing. Thus, we resort to plans, to methods, and so on. we close with an example or two. I love books. Got a catalog the other day, and I went through it, and I think I have about 10 books I marked that I would like to get. Some of them look pretty good. And if I'm not careful, I have this mindset, well, if I read this book, it will help me to live and however you want to finish your sentence, you can. I need to step back and say, I don't have to have that book because I've been already fully blessed in Christ. Not that the book is wrong, but it can't give me anything beyond what I have in Christ.
And that's why that chart I showed you, those are foundational items. You may have all kinds of things that you put on top of that wall, which is fine. You may have books. You may have a vacation Bible school. You may have Sunday school. But unless the wall is in order, it's like building a house and letting out half the blocks on the wall. It may not show up now, but it will show up somewhere along life because we're not living in light of God's blessings. God has given so much. But he wants his work in his way. And he's already given blessing for that to be a reality.